The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and the Growing Knowledge blog on AnswerPlot.com. Welcome to The Deal with Yield. And joining us, as usual, Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead and Kyle Reiner, Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor. First of all, Joel, tell us about your role with Winfield. So as the Ag Technology Applications Lead, I'm on the forefront of finding new technologies for our retailers and for Winfield to either bring into our answer tech space or taking the tools that we've got and finding the practical applications of them and helping our internal staff, our external staff, and growers adopt new tools and technologies that help them yield more. Kyle, tell us about your role with Winfield. So I'm Master Agronomy Advisor in Southwest Minnesota, and I have duties of overseeing the other Master Agronomy Advisors in Minnesota and along with their associates. I help growers achieve their optimal yield on their farms, whether it's planning or putting applications together for in-season management. Next up, seed selection. What are some of the important factors farmers should consider when deciding what to plant next year? I love that question. What's the number one corn I should plant? I hear that all the time when I pull up to the yard, and there's no silver bullet for what tip should I use? And so I ask, I go, well, what's your nitrogen application? Well, how much are you going to put on? Are you going to put a decent rate of P and K? What's the history on it? What's your soil type underneath it? How much clay do you have? What's your water holding capacity? So it almost becomes a question, and they kind of go, well, I don't know where I'm even going to plant it. And then I go, well, we got to sit down and do a field-by-field basis or analyze these certain fields and the soil types under them. So when it comes time to plant, if field A is not ready, we can go to field C and D because we have a plan. And so looking at the varieties themselves, root morphology in corn is a big deal. And what I mean by root morphology is the structure or the size of the root mass that goes down. Is it a deep penetrating style root? So it's just like analyzing your straws. If you go to Hardy's, you get that big red straw that's got the big orifice, or you can do like a coffee stirring stick that's really small. It's just the amount of volume of water nutrients you can suck up through it. And does it penetrate down through the heavy clays? Maybe you plant down in Texas. Maybe you plant on something a little lighter that organic matter isn't there, and we got to extract as much nutrient water up. So I look at the soil and I look at the, the percents of the soil types it's under, and then I start asking the question, are you cutting back your nutrient application? Are you not? Can you side dress? Do you have the machines to do that? And I pick a lot of varieties based off of what they have for practices that they can use. When you think about hybrid selection, for the people that have come to your farm and tried to sell you seed, who are they? They're probably people that are in your community. They're your friends. They're your neighbor. Sometimes they're your brother-in-law. But I think no matter who that is, that number one element they've got to have is they've got to have data. You have to make seed decisions based on data. That's the number one thing you've got to consider in there. And when you think about places to look for data, there's good data, there's bad data, and can the data help me make insights on what to do? So I think one of the things looking at hybrid selection for the year and even soybean selection, in Winfield, one of the things we do really well is we have, out of the answer plots, characterization trials. And really what our aim at those is to try to understand rotationally, is this hybrid best corn on corn or is it best corn on beans? 
Because although your best friend down the road who you've bought seed from for years might have it in his plot, seeing that thing in 400 replications in 30 different plots and being able to have some statistical accuracy to why that hybrid is different, you've got to be able to look at that corn characterization trial and help yourself make a database decision. And along with that, what's that hybrid's response to population? I think you as a grower have a right to gain information from the person who's supplying you hybrids on what type of rotation you should put it on. What type of nitrogen management practice does this hybrid go well with? Does this thing go well with a fungicide? And what population would this thing work best at? And I think that those have to be database decisions. So yes, seeds people out there, just be aware. You got to help these growers make database decisions. If you're a grower, you should expect that. So Kyle and Joel, what tools are most valuable when making the purchase? Well, I always get told the right price is a really valuable tool in in making the purchase. But overall, you've got to look at, do you have some brand confidence? How did it perform? What are you basing it on? Seed supply is not in a bad position this year. We didn't transition a lot of new trait technologies in the corn lineups. And so you're going to see a wider mix of price points and products this year. And here's the challenge out there. Not every field is your best field. So in that, you've got to find a hybrid that maybe doesn't have the top-end yield potential and has a little different price point to it because of that, but maybe fits on that piece of ground that's rented or you haven't been able to do as much with the fertility and the drainage with and really find the right hybrid package, the right trait package to fit that. It's about fitting the mix of products and the trait package and the price points to the right environment. And that's where, you know, Kyle, you talk so much about going field by field. How do you separate out when you're either selecting seed for your own farm or talking to a grower? How do you separate out fields? So I use the R7 tool. I open that up, and in that, you can look at different soils and what percentage that soil consists of on that farm. So whether you're picking a a soybean variety, maybe your pH is an 8+, and so you have to pick a certain variety that can handle the pH. Maybe it's something on the corn side that water holding capacity is limited, so you have to pick a variety that has a wide fibrous root system that's going to extract it. You know, maybe it's, hey, I got uh, narrow rows, beans, and which bean should I pick? Is it a plant morphology that you have to look at and go, is it a straight upright plant that'll cover in a narrow row, or is it maybe it's a 30-inch row and you need a wide, bushy plant to help canopy the soil? So I saw something for the first time this year that was pretty exciting. I actually saw the first Precision Ag logo put into a multi-hybrid planter. And in the middle of the field, they spelled out that company's Precision Ag logo by changing the hybrid from a light tassel to a dark tassel. It was the coolest thing ever from the standpoint of a drone, which I don't own or operate, of course. You could see this company's logo, and they did it with a multi-hybrid planter. So seed selection there, when you think about seed selection and going field by field, we actually are going to gain some ability to go subfield by subfield. And what sort of decisions would you make then? I started to think about that. Down in the north part of Iowa, we had one of our ag technology specialists executed a brand new multi-hybrid planter, and they put in a cropland-branded hybrid and a decal-branded hybrid, and when they flip-flopped them around in the ideal environments, it was somewhere between 14 and 25 bushels 
by optimizing the right hybrid in the right subfield environment. Now, those were hand checks. We're gaining the yield data off of those any minute now, but the idea of subfield variability and being able to choose the right hybrid, I just thought that was an amazing technology that's coming our way. Kyle, you talk about just choosing the right hybrid for the field. What do you think about the ability for a grower to choose the right hybrid for the subfield? I think it's going to be crucial. We've heard for a long time we're going to be at a 300 bushel average for the nation. With this technology, I think we're going to get there a lot faster. And and we will be selecting and using and choosing certain varieties for different variables, whether it's, like I said before, where it's sand, we, we're going to pick a hybrid for that if it's going to be a heavy clay with with something that we can push to population and it can handle the actual clay material underneath it. It's going to be a big deal. Same with beans. Beans is going to be a huge deal in Minnesota where we have big IDC spots. We're going to pick a variety that can handle the IDC. And where we have more offensive ground that don't have high pH, we're going to push a different variety. And that's where we're going to start to sneak up in that 60-plus environment consecutive. So I think it's a cool thing. I wish I owned one myself to test a lot of this stuff out, but I think the technology is absolutely there, and and it's been proven this year. So if you don't have a multi-hybrid planter, I think one of the first steps is just getting the field right and really taking the field average and getting that. But in soybeans, if you don't have a multi-hybrid planter or a multi-variety planter in that situation, one of the best things I've seen that does really well is something called a wind pack. Being able to take the two strong points of soybeans, two different varieties, and allow them to express as you go across the field when they get into the low spot and maybe they've got high pH, the one variety that's a little stronger on that does really well. When you get up over top of the hill and there's a different challenge going on, really utilizing a blend or a wind pack soybean is a crucial piece if you haven't gone all the way over to the brand new multi-variety planters. Using a blend soybean is key. In my area, we probably sell 90% wind packs where you have two different varieties in the same field. You blend them together. And why is that important? And, and some growers are like, no, I want one variety because I know every stress load that's out there. And I question them along with the consultants that you don't know the variables. Every year there's different variables. And this year was perfect year to do that on some of the white mold spots. The variety that could handle the white mold succeeded and performed through those spots, and the ones that were susceptible died off. And so I told the grower, look, if you would have planted one, we would have had some kind of issue. One would have died completely off in maybe 40 to 50% of the field. And so by having two different varieties with two different stress loads, maybe it's a an SDS tolerance, maybe it's a white mold tolerance, you're always going to succeed. And the answer plot actually shows that. The two beans are better than one in any kind of stress. And so to wrap it up, too, let's talk a little bit more about the value of having the answer plot data when making the seed selection decisions. So when I look at this, if I'm spending $300 a bag or the growers are spending $300 a bag, I deserve to know how each variety handles different circumstances. And when we have an answer plot programs such as we do at $26 million worth of research, that's something that if a grower has another seller or a seed provider pull up in their yard, they demand that. If they got, they're going to spend $300 a bag, they should know exactly where that product fits. And that's what I tell the growers when I leave the farm. Look, if you don't have that data and they come out and try to sell it to you, tell them to keep on going down the road because it's important. It's a $300 decision just on one bag. 
And whether that dude plants 2.2 acres or 2.5 acres, it's still a big deal. And in the past, we've seen inbred lines. We had one inbred line, female, both of them shared the same female and two different males, and there was over a 20-bushel difference just off of the male inbred. So not all of them are created equal. And by buying one and getting one free or getting free seed will cost you every year. What if they give you a free hat with it? Still a good deal? It might be a little better deal, but it's still going to cost you. Okay. Well, at least the jackets can keep you warm. So how do you know that the data that you're reviewing is valid? Yeah, good data, bad data. Jeez, you know, you really have to look in at one particular number. And you've got to think about this. Think back to your high school statistics class when they talked about least significant difference. And when you think about data, one of the PowerPoints of good data is that it's been replicated many, many times. So if you have a plot that's maybe been replicated 12 to 15 times, what you get out of that is we've seen that plot in or that hybrid or that variety in several different areas and several different soil types. And what you're getting is you're getting more replications of that, allowing for a narrower LSD. So here's the example I'd use with LSD. If you had just one plot and you were able to replicate a hybrid in that one plot eight times, you might wind up with about a 10 to 15 bushel least significant difference. And how you'd use that is you look at hybrid A and maybe it's 200 bushels. If hybrid B is within 10 bushels of that, statistically, it's not any different. So statistics were built for agriculture. Statistics were built to help us handle the variability of looking at hybrid versus hybrid. And without having the least significant different published at the top of the page, what are you really comparing against? So that LSD, when you're looking at corn hybrids, soybean varieties, is really a crucial piece to know that the data is good. Without that, Maybe the west side of the plot was just better than the east side of the plot, but that doesn't mean that the hybrid actually did better. Use data and statistics to help you through that conversation. I think in my space, in my varieties that we do for variety selection, everything was sub 2.3 on LSDs. I mean, that's unheard of. Coming from the largest independent research in in the United States, it's a big deal. When you start looking and go, well, it's got to be within two bushel to be significant different and a lot of places do a real good job of research but not that great because their lsds are at 15 and people don't look at the lsds as as important as they are to really differentiate themselves and their varieties throughout the field You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead and Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, Kyle Reiner. For more episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and the Growing Knowledge blog on AnswerPlot.com.